following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Thursdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by Tom Rosenbach and his team at Bean Carter. They're one of America's top accounting and business firms. They're based in West Michigan, but service the entire state and coast to coast. You can find out more at BeanGarter.com. They can help your business now. That's BeanGarter.com. Thursdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are presented by Bean Garter. We are back live across Michigan, hour number two on a Thursday. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. We do have our Bush Light, huge question of the day. After a few days with friends, it can really get tired and you get ornery in a hurry. What's your limit on nonstop time? I'm not talking about seeing a buddy every night and having a beer or golf or... Well, I'm I'm not, or at work, that's not it. I'm talking you are with somebody nonstop, friends. I think what Superfly said, my limit's like 24 hours. I mean that. 24, hey, good seeing you, in and out, boom. If you're doing everything together. Because then you start arguing over the stupidest stuff. So you can answer that question, 1-866-838-4843. That's one eight six six eight three eight huge Add huge show on Twitter, the huge show on Facebook, Mercantile Bank, locations all across Michigan, local bank, local decision makers, and a bank you can trust and depend on, which is more important than ever before. I depend on Scoop Jackson from ESPNChicago.com, one of the great NBA insiders. He'll join us in a moment. We'll talk about the East and the West. Finals on both sides. It looks like it's going to be a Nuggets Heat final. I thought it'd be Celtics and the Nuggets. Still could be. But I give the Lakers a lot of credit, man. I do. That was an awesome game one. We'll talk hoops. That was Scoop. Also the Pistons. In the NBA draft lottery, I don't like it. NBA does it. NFL commented after the lottery, they're not going to do that. The worst team gets the overall number one pick. Oh, we're worried about tanking. No, 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 you're not. They're worried about tanking. Which, by the way, if a team does tank and they're bad and they get a superstar player, that means TV ratings, tickets sold. Isn't that good for your league? So you look at the Pistons getting the fifth pick, and you're like, oh, and I'm telling you, this is such a bad college class coming out. Pick five seems like what pick 25 will be. Just You have the worst record going that order. Why? Why have a lottery? Why have a lottery? What is the value of a lottery? Well, we keep teams from tanking. Don't you want your bad teams to get better? Don't you? Let's go talk to Scoop Jackson. He's never been a part of a bad team from ESPNChicago.com, <laughs> one of the great NBA insiders in America. Scoop, we'll get to the East and West finals in a moment, but 
Uh, your thoughts on the NBA having a lottery for the draft instead of, you know, worst to first, lining up from one all the way until the end of the first round? No, you know what? I like what you're saying, and I, I agree with what you're saying, but I also get the other side, um, and, and I'm kind of like not really all over the place. But I'm split I'm split between the middle, and I think there's everything in what they're doing is correct. Uh, but I also see why they want to put a lottery in place because it keeps public interest alive during the course of the season for not just one team, for several teams. Um, at the bottom of the barrel, excuse the expression. So, you know, it's like, okay, Detroit is having a bad season, but still there's a chance. So there's still an interest with them, even if they don't have the worst record in the NBA. There's still, you know, a feeling of, um, you know, chance for the Rockets. Still a chance for San Antonio. Still a chance for Charlotte. Just from a public interest standpoint, it's good to have a lot of because throughout the season – you don't have to have the worst record in the league to automatically guarantee that you're going to get the number one pick. And I think that helps the public interest um, over the course of, you know, the back end of the season when you know you're going to be in the lottery. That being said, I don't see where there's a mandate being in place that you are breaking any laws as a franchise member of the National Basketball Association that says you have to try to win. <laughs> you know, if, if you, like you said, can increase your chances, you know, even though not the most from worst to, you know, uh, worst to whatever, but if you can increase your chances of getting that number one pick, of getting a high pick by losing, and there are players out there that you know can not only just change your franchise around but give your franchise a lift, then why shouldn't you be able to do that from a strategy standpoint? You know, unless there's some laws that you and I don't know about that when you sign up to own an NBA team or be a part of, be a franchise as part of the NBA, that by contract you have to at least attempt to win. Until they do that, then there's nothing wrong with tanking at all because it's a strategy. It's a strategy just like playing his own defense or fouling somebody on purpose because they can't shoot free throws and try to get yourself back in the game. Scoop Jackson, ESPN Chicago. I see, I see both sides of it. That's why I guess I'm getting. It. I see, I see both sides of exactly what you're saying. So I agree with you, but I understand, you know, why they just don't make it a, why they have a lottery system in place. I guess that's what I'm saying. And as I was saying, Scoop Jackson, ESPNChicago.com, he knows the NBA. Yeah, it's just uh, maybe it stings a little bit more when you know we're in Michigan and the Pistons and. You know, you're just looking, this team is underachieving. I, I God, I don't know who's gonna, what coach is going to take over. It'll be interesting. We'll touch on that in a moment. And, but, uh, and I want to get to coaches also about Izzo and the possibility uh, with the Ishbia connection. You know, could he be a front runner for the Phoenix job? Uh, but Job Moran, I think the last time you were on, we talked about this. Uh, you know, the latest, you know, Instagram Live or, or social network video, wherever it was, uh, just another stupid decision from a young kid who has the world uh, right there in front of him. Uh, wh- what do you think is his future? Um, are you asking a basketball question or are you asking a person question? Both, 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 man. I, I like to talk about the people, too, not just uh, 
you know, whether or not you right. scored 26 and a half a game and, and you got a great right. windmill dunk. Uh, let's talk both. Uh, okay. uh, let's start with his personal life first. And then uh, when is he back on the court again and will it be with Memphis? Okay. I, I think from his personal standpoint, I think what we're dealing with with John Morant is basic. And yes, it is immaturity. Uh, but it's also insecurity. And I think until we get to the bottom of why, what, what the insecurity that he's dealing with with him as a person, that has nothing to do with the game of basketball. Because I do think that's probably where his security lies in his ability to know that this is a safe place for him, that this is where he can be secure because he knows what he has the capability of doing within the basketball court. I think there's insecurity in everything else in his life. Like, he has no idea what he can do and what, who he's supposed to be. And I think that's what manifests itself in some of the decisions that he's been able to make that he's basically made uh, that have been a detriment to, you know, his basketball career. I, I think he really has not found out who he is, and I don't think he knows. I don't think he has the capability of finding that out without, you know, covering himself with something that makes him feel like something he's not. You know, and at the end of the day, if you talk to anybody who's in any level of psychology, they will basically direct that to his insecurities. And we're watching his insecurities play themselves out. Um, and from a personal standpoint, I don't know if that's going to change until we get to the bottom of that. Now, the other problem with that personal thing is, you know, what... What type of effect is this going to have on his life? And this is where basketball comes in. Once it hits him that these decisions that he's made have affected his basketball legacy, not his career. They're talking about two different things. Not his career specifically, but his legacy. And the one thing that bothers me so much about hearing everybody speak on this is especially from the perspective of being a young black individual is everybody associates his decisions with the money they feel he's throwing away. And it bothers me because that instant direct correlation means that our lives and our value and he's only about, and his value is only attached to money. Or he's throwing away $30 million and he's throwing away $50 million and he just lost so many other million. Everything's attached to money as, as, you know, as opposed to himself and his basketball life. So let's take the money out of it. And that's what I said his basketball legacy. When he sits back and looks back at 25 years from now, when they're doing an NBA 100, and he knows he's supposed to be in that 100, the same way Dame Lillard is in the 75. You know what I'm saying? When he looks back and says, damn, I'm not in the 100, and the only reason, Derrick Rose can blame it on the injury. Penny Hardaway can blame it on the injury. You know, all these other players that didn't make it can say this is something that was out of my control. When John Moran looks back, and they're doing the NBA 100, and he's not in it, he's going to have to mentally deal with the fact that that's on him. He's the one that got himself out of having the true basketball legacy that he deserves that he fought for, the one that he wanted as a kid. Kids don't, especially, you know, even though money has a little bit to do with it, 
you don't put that type of work in for as long as most kids do, especially coming from urban settings, to put a dollar value on what it is you're going to do with the rest of your life. Yes, money has something to do with it, but that's not when you're out there on these playgrounds and these parks playing AAU, bust your ass at 5 in the morning conditions. You're not thinking about money. You're thinking about your place in the game. And what's going to mess up John Morant, I believe, is down the line is when he realizes that it was on him that his place in the game is either not being discussed or And that all plays into the mental capacity of what this and his decisions are going to wind up having on him. So, once again, we need to get to the insecurity issues that are forcing him to try to be something that he's not, that are forcing him to make these bad decisions and flexing the way that he's flexing to overcompensate for something that's not there. And looking at the fact that regardless of the money, move the money out of this, the impact this is going to have on him mentally when he realized he screwed up his basketball legacy. Not money, not content, this is basketball legacy because of this. Now, to the basketball side of it. Do I think he'll play again in a Memphis uniform? Um, I think yes. But when that's going to be, I have no idea. Um, I don't, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see what the brain trust and the front office and, you know, of the other Memphis Grizzlies, once they get together with the NBA and decide, you know, you know, not just the value to the team and not just the value to the NBA, but what's in the best interest of him? Because I believe what they're going to wind up doing, and this is where I think it's going to hurt his basketball more than anything, is that the first lesson in their mind are going to be like, okay, this didn't get to him. So what do we have the power to do to make something get to him? Because if they could really take the stance that, I don't, and I, I think it would be wrong, but they could take a stance that he just straight up lied to us. He sat up there and went through all this, that, and the other, and said he, you know, got the help that he felt that he needed, that he was going to make the changes that, you know, we all discussed need to be made. And in less than two months, he turned around and was back to doing the same thing. That means either he didn't get it or he lied to us. And hopefully it's not the latter. You know, but if it is the former, then what do we as a league and a team have to do to help him, you know, to get back on the basketball court as, as, as a different person as the one that we're, like, not letting get back on the basketball court? And, you know, it has to be a joint venture with the NBA because as much as it's going to hurt the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies financially, it's going to hurt the league, but not as much. But if he's playing franchise, you know, face a franchise with the league, then, yeah, the league's going to take a hit, too. Um, but they can't let that be a decision. They can't let that monetary thing be a basketball decision because if they're earnest about how they feel this kid is and if they're earnest in what they say this kid means to both the league and to the organization, then they'll put his basketball interest first about what's best about getting him back on the court and how long – it's going to take to take basketball away from him in this moment to make him make the changes that are necessary. Now, what that is, I don't know. I can't. I can't put a number on like twenty-five games, fifty games, a whole season. You know, I don't know what that's going to be. But you know, um, I think it, I, I don't want to use the word significant, but that's that's so open. But I could. I could. I 
whatever the decision is going to make is what they think is going to be best for him to get it, for it to make sense, for him to really, really deep down and deal with what he has to deal with and make them feel that the next time we have conversations with him, he's not BSing us, he's not lying to us, and that he gets it from both sides. Not just from himself, but from both sides. And I hate to be long-winded, but we also have to deal with the fact of, and this is something nobody's asked, I don't think, and it will be a great discussion for you and I to have later on. Is this what he really wants? You know what I'm saying? I know he's only 22 years old, but he's making decisions that are railroading his basketball career, which we think that he wants, because that seems to be what everybody wants. You know, you get a chance to better your life and, you know, add money and add fame and all this. And this. But if he making a decision that he really, you know, this is not important to him, yeah, he wants it, but he doesn't want everything that, you know, you have to do to get it. He's cool right now with his life as is, you know, we need to really find out and talk to him and find out, you know, once he gets his mind clear, gets his head straight, is being the John Morant that we all wanted to be what he really wants. He may not want this, man. He may not want the wants what comes with this. You know, but until we ask him to sit down and talk to him and have a real clear and concise heart-to-heart conversation with him, and I don't know who's going to have a conversation with him, this, you know, the life that is in front of him may not be the one that he wants. And these decisions that he's making to position himself to be the person that he's presenting in front of it, in front of us, may be more important to him. You know, being that person may be more important to him than having that basketball legacy, but we don't know. Scoop Jackson, uh, ESPNChicago.com, great NBA insider. I like how he thinks outside the box. This John Moran story, by the way, per TMZ, the latest is Nike has removed all of Jaws' new sneakers from their website. Maybe just a message uh, to Jaws. Also, you mentioned the possibility of... Yeah, they, they, yeah there's more PR marketing. Yeah. I don't think they're going to drop No, no, them. no, they didn't drop them. They just removed right. them and, you know, sent in a message and, hey, we don't support it. I, I get that because his shoe was one of the hottest selling shoes before this latest... Uh, video. I, I do agree that the one thing that will, you would think, and we're all on the outside looking in, would be a half a year suspension, would be that 40 games, would be the full year that you send that message. But also the NBA scoop, as you well know, they're in the entertainment business. And John Moran is one of their biggest stars. So what do you do? That's what I'm saying. But you, once again, you have to, I think, in these particular cases, look long term. You have to look at the long game. And if the NBA and Adam Silver and the Brain Trust and Mark Tatum and all of them, you know, everybody who gets together to make the decision on this, understands that the long game is what benefits the NBA 95 and a half times out of 99. So you, if, if it takes him missing a whole year to get him to have 18, that's a smart game to play. Because you look at LeBron James's career. You look at, you know, Kevin Durant's career. You look at Steph Curry's career. You know, the longevity is what is in the best interest of the NBA because they can still generate money and generate interest by that player being on the court for a long period of time. So, you know, treat it like, from their standpoint, you know, we're going to treat this like an injury. where He may be out 18 months or he may be out for two years. You know, but our end game is to have John Moran on the court for as long as we possibly can because that's what benefits the league from the standpoint of the question you just asked. So if they treat it like that, they should be fine. 
you know, but the thing is not to try to, because we've seen this spring back so immediately, because it's only been two months between incidents, they have to make sure that they play this out the right way so that there is longevity that they benefit from it from the league by having him on the court. Because as Stephen A. says, he is box office. You know, not just for Memphis, but for the league. You know, and, and, and for the, uh, you know, Nike's a partner with the league. So in all parties involved, the long term is the best way to do it. So if it's got to be a half a season, if it's got to be 50, if it's got to be the whole season in order for them to get it right, then that's what they got to do. What, what's your statement? You got to uh, lose a million to make three? You know, if they got to lose this season to make the 30 million or the 40 million or the 500 million, I'm just saying money, you know, not attaching it to him. But from their standpoint, to get what they want out of it, because they're more about money than anybody else. So, yeah, that's the game we got to play. We got to keep the long game in mind. I agree, and that's why I, I believe a year would be the message to them. Like, man, you got to show us you're going to get your suspension, you know, uh, still be a part of the organization, uh, the NBA, but you got to show us that you're going to mature and be worthy of being the superstar in our organization that you have become. So we'll see how that plays out. Before I let you go, I have three questions. One, who wins the West, Lakers or Nuggets? Two, who wins the East, uh, Miami with an unbelievable comeback last night, or the Celtics? And Tom Izzo's name is on the short list to be the next coach of the Phoenix Suns. The obvious connection with Matt Ishbia, who played for him, and Matt Ishbia, uh, the biggest, I think, uh, Michigan State donor slash booster. So let's begin with those first two questions. Who wins the West? Who wins the East? And then we'll get to the Izzo question. Yeah, as much as I think the uh, Lakers are have a strong chance in, in, in getting to the finals, I, I, I hate to say this, I just think they haven't been together long enough. And this Denver team is finally healthy. And they had, you know, this is the first time I think they've ever really been healthy. Uh, and having everybody at playing max potential. And I think this has been on their mind for more years than it has been the Lakers just getting together right now. So I'm taking Denver uh, to come out of the West. Um, I, 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 just ha- I don't have consistent trust in Boston, uh, especially Jason Tatum. You know, he, he's amazing, but we're seeing, you know, the same um, up and down in his game to games, and I'm not, you know, putting him in conversation with other players that we've seen have been inconsistent, but, you know, he against a team, you know, that's as good and coming together as Miami has been right now, and if you look at what they did during the regular season, winning as many close games as Miami did, I think they won more close games than anybody else in the NBA, you know, within five points this year, um, you know, and, and, and the cohesiveness that they have. There's no room for error for, you know, Jason Tatum to do what he did last night in the second half and fourth quarter and to have another game, you know, where he, you know, doesn't – he ain't got to score 51, but he can't just disappear. He can't afford to have bad games, you know, two or three bad games in this series against a team this close. So I got Miami coming out of the, uh, coming out of the East in this one. Um, and in the Tom Hizzle thing, I don't – it's nice to have his name. I think he may be interested. He may even interview for it. I'm not sure, but – I don't, I don't think Tom Mizzle wants a headache. I, I really don't think he wants a headache. I think he's been in Michigan State. I think his place in the college game is what it is. I don't think he has to prove anything. I don't think he has any insecurities about what his coaching legacy is, where he's like, oh, I got to go out there and play. I mean, a, a coaching NBA to prove 
that I'm this great of a I don't think he has any of that. And I think he's been around the game long enough and has had enough players, you know, that have been in the league and he's connected to the league long enough to know that, you know, as great as it is and, you know, I, I don't think this be yeah, as great as it is, I, I, at this time, I don't, I don't need this headache. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This, this, going to the NBA as a coach coming from college, let, let the young folks do that. You know, let, let them have that. I I am good. He does not need NBA players and NBA front office headaches at at this stage in his career. I, I cannot see him taking it. Scoop Jackson, ESPNChicago.com, the best NBA insider in the business, joining us on the Rose Tumber Coffee guest line. Uh, one final thought, speaking of coaches and openings, a ton in the NBA I think the Pistons are at the bottom of the pecking order when you look at some of the really star-packed rosters that a new coach could take over. Your thoughts on who ends up coaching the Pistons moving forward? That is a good question because uh, you have all this, you have all these rotating tables and rotating chairs and rotating movements of what coach is going to wear and who's going to sit out. In all honesty, man, I, I, I'll say this. Because I don't know if this is true or not. Because I, I have a hard time believing us in the media what's true and what's not true. Because we're horrible at giving our information at times. I do believe if Mark Jackson is seriously interviewing, then I could see him actually getting mad for the job in Detroit. And I think he would take it. But I don't know if he's really interviewing or not. But if, if if it's out there that he's interviewing, I don't think he'd be playing. He's not playing it to try and get one of those other teams to hire him, is he? I, I think at this point, as long as he's been out of the game, um, I, I think he's willing to, like, hey, let, let's just get back in the game. I don't think he's looking for an elite job that's going to get him a championship right now. I don't think Mark Jackson minds going to an organization that is going to give him the keys and, and let him build from the ground up. And somebody who tells him, look, you know, we know we did, you didn't get a chance to finish what you started in Golden State, but we saw what you were able to start in Golden State. So here are the keys. You start there with us. You know, and, if you, and he, I don't think Mark Jackson will mind starting from that position again. So, you know, um, you know, it's, and I, you know I, I, can, I can actually just see that happening. Because I, I can't see like a Nick Nurse going there. You know, I can't. Well, we know what Emay's already gone. He's gone to Houston. But uh, I don't see a Monty Williams going there. You know, I, I don't see Doc Rivers taking that type of step back. So, you know, and you look at all the other young minds in the game. You know, and some of the other assistant coaches that are, names are being tossed around. I just think for Detroit and what they have, if he's interviewing, I could see that just fitting hand in hand. I really could. And I wouldn't mind that move because I, I don't think when you uh, about Ollie and other assistants out there, I don't. If there was a guy that the Pistons liked, they would have hired him uh, by now. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. Scoop, uh, always love the conversation with you, my man. We will catch up as the NBA playoffs roll on and get to the finals. Sounds good, my man. Appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, back at you, Scoop Jackson, joining us on the roast Umber Coffee guest line, a craft coffee. Uh, brewed in Grand Rapids, canned in Grand Rapids on the Nitro Cold Brew. Look for it in your local retailer or at your local retailer or store or online at roastumber.com. 
Bush Light, huge question of the day. What's the limit when you're with your friends nonstop on a golf trip, a sports weekend, whatever? It could be a wedding weekend. What's the limit, man, when you're around each other all the time? Answer that one, 866-838-4843. That's one, 866-838-HUGE. On the Mercantile Bank listener line, Tim Stout's out on sports. His thoughts, would Izzo ever leave MSU for the NBA? And what about hashtag Tuck coming? Izzy Stout from East Lansing next. From St. Joseph to Midland. This show is huge. He first came to our attention as the guitarist in the legendary band Traffic. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Dave Mason is coming to the DeVos Performance Hall May 25th with special guest The Outlaws. Tickets are now on sale at Ticketmaster.com. One night only, live on stage, Dave Mason and the Outlaws from 111 Productions and Danny Zalisco presents. Have you ever played golf at Tullymore, St. Ives? Have you experienced a stay-and-play package in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of Grand Rapids? Well, here's what you need to do if you want to take advantage of great deals right now. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com, and you'll see the link for packages, accommodations, dining, meetings, weddings, events, and so much more, and especially golf on the 18-hole layout at Tullymore and the 18 holes at St. Ives and they can accommodate any group whether it's two people getting together or 200 looking for a weekend or an overnight celebration that includes a little business, golf, great food and beverages just go to TullymoreGolf.com that's TullymoreGolf.com they're located in Canadian Lakes, Michigan less than an hour north of GR get more info at TullymoreGolf.com I'm Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball. I'm Hunter Moore, and football is my game. So we know a few things about sports. And the passion of Detroit fans. That's why we're big fans of Eagle Casino and Sports. It's the mobile sports book that lets you bet on action all year long. Right from your mobile device. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Download the app and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Back live across Michigan. Want to salute everybody from Mercantile Bank celebrating the opening of their new location in Saginaw. For our listeners on 100.9 FM, Mercantile Bank with locations all across Michigan. Let's go talk to Tim Stout. Stout on sports from the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. Heard weekday mornings at 10 a.m. The huge show is tape delayed and airs Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. on a.m. 7.30 in Lansing, how you doing, Timmy? I'm good, Bill. I'm good. A long time no see. We got some good weather now. 
It's a great time of year. I love this time of year. And uh, so things, when the weather's good, I'm good. How about that? And that's good, Timmy. The weather's good means it's time to hit the golf ball as well. I want to get to this Izzo story where his name's popping up on the Phoenix Suns list of possible replacements for Monty Williams. Uh, the obvious connection with Ishbia there. I don't think Izzo is leaving. A lot of people are asking me on the street, friends, hey, do you think he would take the job? Uh, what do you think about the Izzo-Phoenix Suns connection in the NBA? The day that Matt Ishbia took over as the owner of the Phoenix Suns, I saw Izzo. He came up to our booth at a Michigan State hockey game, so I immediately started. And I hadn't seen him, so I'm getting caught up. And I said to him, uh, there's no question in my mind that this – I have a little tongue-in-cheek when I talk to him. I said, you'll be the president, general manager – if you want to be the coach, too, for whatever length of time you want, that's your option. That's jobs for all your family. That's living in a warm climate. You have nobody that you answer to. Money's no object, blah, blah, blah. And he, you know, he laughed as I kept going on and on and on. Uh, so one of our staff saw him earlier this week because he was attending uh, – the uh, NCAA men's uh, regional golf tournament that was played here at Eagle Eye in town this week. It ended yesterday, and Izzo went to at least two of those days. And it came up again from one of our other guys who Tom likes. And all Tom said was that he thinks that for whatever reason, Ishbia is enamored. You know, it's not just the coaching job they have there. Their management. I knew Ishbia was sooner or later, unless they won the NBA title, that he'd let this thing play out. And even if that coach Monty Williams would be in demand elsewhere, which he is, he'll 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 change all of that and he'll get his own people one way or the other. I don't think the question is whether Izzo's interested. I think the question is, does does Ishbia want to build his uh, franchise? around Tom because they are very close friends. Money would be no object. And his aside, he, I, it wouldn't, in my opinion, if there was ever something between those two, it would not be as simplistic as being an NBA coach. I mean, these guys are five openings now. They fire these guys right and left. What, what, what I would envision is that he says to Tom, you tell me how you want to do this. How long do you want to deal the money's no object, blah, 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 the whole deal. I mean, if you want to, if you don't want to coach, you can be president, general manager. If you do want to coach, you can do all three and then give it up. At your, I, I mean, I think, uh, Bill, the whole issue is not what Tom wants to do. Whether or not Ishbia has thought of that or approached him or is conventionally going to go the NBA way with someone else, you know, I'm not exactly sure. He made a deal for Kevin Durant. You know, the one thing that might appeal to Tom where it was not in Atlanta, Cleveland, when those guys were talking to him, they were bad teams. This team's a pretty good team. If I had to guess, I would say Izzo will be still here at Michigan State. He was saying, he was telling one of our staffers the other day that he wants to get Michigan State fixed. And what I think he means by that, there are a lot of issues going on, unknowns to the public, in the athletic department. And I think Tom is aware of many that he has not passed on to anybody else. I've heard of it from many, many people elsewhere. There are a number of issues unknown to the public that are serious within the athletic department. And I think Tom quietly is, would like to figure a way to get a lot of the issues they have straightened out. I don't think he can do it, frankly, as the basketball coach. And remember, there's a big wild card out here because Michigan State's in the midst of looking for a new president. 
he reluctantly, Tom, is one of 29 on the search committee. He had first turned it down. I, then they called him back, and I, he agreed to do it. But I, my sense is he's only doing that to get people off his case. I don't look at him being central to that. And the only thing I can see him wanting to do is to make certain that whoever the next president is has an understanding of college athletics at Michigan State the way Luana Simon did because they were very, very close and they had a lot of success when she was the president athletically. Well, since then, between, you know, John Engler and and uh, Samuel Stanley and, you know, and the current, uh, you know, the partial, you know, the interim president, I don't think those three have got a warm spot necessarily with the coaches because they think that these presidents have any idea whether or not the next president of Michigan State is going to be warm and fuzzy to anybody in the athletic department bill remains to be seen. Tim Stout from Stout on Sports on the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. Weekday mornings, 10 a.m. Huge show, tape delayed. Weeknights at 6 on a.m. 7.30. Uh, Before I let you go, and you are as connected, and you talked about your people and everything and the vibe in East Lansing, uh, what's the status of Mel Tucker in terms of support within the Michigan State circle, outside of it, fans in the Lansing area? Where is it at right now from where it was a year ago? Well, if you go by the numbers, Bill, by what's reported, the verbal commitments for 2024 and football recruiting of high school athletes, Michigan, who can sign these guys in December, is somewhere in the neighborhood of 18, and they may get two more today or tomorrow. And they're listed in some of these recruiting services, number one. Michigan State's got three. And they've lost. They Yesterday, they got one from Colorado, who had been with Tucker his one year at Colorado. And then they lost two. One of them was a guy that was coming from TCU. And a week later, he changes that from the portal. He's going to Arkansas. And then Coleman, on a money, that was completely a money basis. Uh, your guy, Comp, will tell you he thinks the money for Coleman at Florida State's in the neighborhood of 300000 And Michigan State was in the neighborhood of a third of that. That's his that's his observation. He can speak more to that if you get him. I think if I, I think Tucker needs to get a, a real look in the mirror. He's got to figure out where his image is with the Michigan State following. Like it or not, the football coach at a major school, Big Ten, Michigan, Michigan State, you you, you got to have an image with the public. You know, in, over these 28 years that Izzo's been head basketball coach, Bill, whenever there was an issue over here, negative, positive, whatever, as you know, he would, you know, he'll he'll call you back, he'll yes. do the interviews, he'll clear it up. He doesn't need to have the – he gets the job, he gets the deal. He wants to make sure everybody understands in his view what the issues are that he's dealing with. Tucker is none of that. He doesn't respond to anything. You rarely see him. I think he has some internal issues of his own that he's dealing with. I think the fact that he lost some of these players to the transfer portal is because I do believe there is division to some degree in a variety of different degrees within the football building. And when you don't have a lot of people outside who who relate to you because they never see you, they never hear you, other than on Mondays before the game and on Saturdays after the game, you better be winning a lot of games. And I think, Frank, this is my own opinion, Every single time something that's a, a uh, an issue comes up regarding Michigan State football, all I ever hear about is the term ninety-five million. That's the only thing I ever hear: ninety-five million, ninety-five million, ninety-five million, because that obviously was a an eye-opening contract given the status of his career at the time and where it was and where it's been for him since then. When I look at their team, Bill, 
they had better get past the first two games between CMU and Richmond because the next 10 they have, in my mind, they have no lock wins. And I frankly believe it's possible they could have an equal or weaker Mm. season this fall than what they had a year ago. And if that's the case, that just makes things more difficult for him. I think he needs a tremendous upsurge in public relations acumen with the entire Michigan State family. Because as you know, if you leave people like you, me, the media, the donors, the students, the followers, whatever, to their own devices to try to figure out what the state of Michigan State football is, most people right now would think negatively, not positively. And maybe it's because of the wins and losses. But short of that, I think that he has got to figure out a way to relate more to the fan base, the following, and even if it's negative, figure out a way to have people understand exactly what's going on. And believe me, their fan base doesn't understand what's going on within football. And clearly, there are other significant issues, in my opinion, in that athletic department that are totally non-transparent, that do not address with the public. And unless or until they do, I think this thing is going to get worse before it gets better. How's that? Amen, Tim. It's everything I hear uh, from very reliable sources. Tim Stout. Stout on sports in the game, 7.30 a.m. Lansing. Timmy, I have to run. Good hearing your voice. Hit that ball straight, okay? You too, Bill. Good to talk to you. Talk to you anytime. Yeah, back at you. Now, Tim Stout's not going to be hired by Mel Tucker as his PR guy anytime soon. That's exactly what I've told some people here in the last week, what I'm hearing a lot. Former players, those connected, that it's a mess behind the scenes. It's a mess. And he doesn't do interviews. I just told somebody this two days ago. You know, D'Antonio didn't want to do any interviews, so be it. You had to exit stage left quickly, and you even won a Rose Bowl. Went to the college football playoff. You have got not to bow down to the media, to the fan base. Is Mel Tucker going around speaking to Spartan alumni clubs? Once in a while, he'll pop into West Michigan. I know he's been here. The PR side of this. You know, you're making $9.5 million a year, and that's what Tim said about $95 million. People are that, That's a Spartan fan saying, earn your money as the head coach of Michigan State. To the callers online, Michigan will hear you next. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. At Mercantile Bank, we understand that different businesses have different needs. That's why our team of business specialists take the time to understand your business, your goals, and your objectives. We provide tailored solutions and innovative products, all delivered locally. So when you're ready to work with a partner who understands your unique business needs, call us. We're here and ready to put the wheels in motion. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com slash business. And let's make dreams a reality. Member FDIC. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at Ferris.edu. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Take on the open road for Harley-Davidson's 120th anniversary. Saturdays in May, win a 2023 Street Glider. On May 27th, you can drive home a limited edition Fat Boy. 
It's the 120th anniversary Harley-Davidson giveaway. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Maybe you have a job as a dentist or a teacher or a student. But if you're driving in your car listening to this ad, your job right now is to drive. That's it. And that job does not involve touch screens or texts or scrolling through social media. It involves your hands on the wheel and your eyes on the road. Distracted driving is dangerous and deadly. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police has one simple request. Do your job. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. segment here as a busy hour comes to a close on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show. Remember, if you miss any huge opinion, interview, hour, or full show, our podcasts are free, and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts, and you can catch up and listen on your schedule. Search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. Big. Bad. Huge.